I want to ask, is there any first-time guest that this is the very first time that you've ever been at Orchardville Church for a service? Just slip your hand up real quick. Yes, right over here, yes, yes. We want to welcome you and thank you for coming. Do you realize that we prepared just for you? No, we prepared for everybody, but you know what? Jesus cares about each and every one of us. Whenever I look right here, I get almost a panoramic view of everybody here. And it's like a portrait is painted. And you know, I've, I've watched artists painting on TV before, and when it starts out and they're putting a little dot here and a little slash here, it doesn't look like too much at first. But then when it all comes together, each and every one of those strokes is a part of that portrait. And that's what we are as a family here is we're all in this together and each and every person here counts. The three things that I'm gonna be mainly talking about today, the cross, the tomb, and the resurrection. How many people in here, this is, no, I'm not gonna ask that till the end. Most of us in here know what the cross means. Some people may not. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever would believeth in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Now, the word whosoever means whoever would call upon his name. That word whosoever, it sounds almost so big and broad, doesn't it? But let's narrow it down to you. That if you call upon the name of the Lord, you will be saved and you will get eternity in heaven. What Jesus did on the cross, he gave his life in a sacrifice. What he did for us, for me and you, that is what that sums up right there. So most people know that. Some may not have known that. The cross, some people don't know that there was two other people that were crucified at the same time. There was two thieves on the cross beside him on different crosses. One of them cursed him and, and yelled insults at him. And the other one repented and called out to him. And Jesus said, today I'll see you in paradise. And you know what that does is the cross gives us hope. It gives us hope in Christ. You know, the thing it is, Sarah, she just said a while ago um, at the offering time that there's at Christmas and at Easter, you know, we talk of hope. We talk of peace, love and joy and everything. But that's every day because what the cross does for us is it gives us that hope every day without hope. We can't have faith in Christ. Why would I have faith in something if I didn't have any hope at all? What the cross does for us is it, it keeps us in our mind of what Jesus done for us and that hope. Uh, the tomb. Mark Miller made an exact replica. Actually, it's pretty close, I would say. I don't know. The Bible says that it was 
carved out of rock. And of course, in one of the other gospels, it says that uh, it, was, it had never been used before. And there was a stone that was placed in front of it. I often wondered about the stone, about how do you get a carved out hole and a stone to match up? Man, that had to have been tedious work, didn't it? For all you construction workers out there. But I had thought and thought, and I did some research on it, and just, uh, just out of some common sense too, is I'm sure that when they put the stone in front of it, they probably mixed lime and sand and maybe some other mineral and mixed it with water and made a mortar and sealed it up. That's how you would do that. Just like, just like modern day uh, masonry of, of mortaring something in. So that was one of the things that went through my mind on how that actually worked. We're going to come back to the, stu- to the tomb in a minute. First, I want you to get your Bibles out, and I want you to turn to John chapter 20. And I'm going to ver- read verse 1 through 10, and we're going to talk about the resurrection. John 20, verse 1 through 10. I got to watch how I bend over because on the recording of the last time that I spoke, I let out this loud grunt whenever I bent over with my water and it went <clears throat> like that. When we played back the recording, it sounded really bad. John 20, verse 1 through 10. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this day. Lord, I just ask and pray for your holy anointing upon the reading and the teaching of the word. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would take over this service. God, just remove me out of the way. And Lord, let be revealed what you want revealed into people's lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Early on Sunday morning, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. She ran and found Simon Peter and the other disciple the one whom Jesus loved. She said, they have taken the Lord's body out of the tomb and we don't know where they've put him. Peter and the other disciples started out for the tomb. They were both running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. To put this into perspective, that would be like Rick and me starting back in kids' church and running up here. And he might give me a head start, but he would probably beat me to here. (laughs) So that's putting that into perspective. I often wondered why that was put in there. But if you remember, John's the one that's writing this anyway, so you never know. He stooped and looked in and saw the linen wrappings lying there, but he didn't go in. Then Simon Peter arrived and went inside. He also noticed the linen wrappings lying there while the cloth that had covered Jesus' head was folded up and lying apart from the other wrappings. Then the disciple who had reached the tomb first also went in, and he saw and believed. For until then, they still hadn't understood the scriptures that said Jesus must rise from the dead. Then they went home. You see, because of Jesus' resurrection, because of his promise in John 14, 19, it holds true for us. And it says, because I live, you also will live. 
Jesus is alive, and because he lives, I too can live now, not just here on earth, but I can live eternally. I'm glad to know that when my time is up on earth, that it starts a new chapter and a whole new world opens up to me. And I won't be overweight then. This offers hope to everybody, to the whosoever will that accepts him as Lord and Savior. Now let's go back to the tomb, or let's call it, I call it a cave sometime, because it was a hole chiseled out of rock and everything. Let's go back to the tomb. <clears throat> Most people in here have already, at one time or another, probably given their life to Christ. Some people haven't, but even the ones that have, sometimes there is certain parts of our life that we understand the cross and we understand the resurrection as far as salvation is concerned of the eternal life, but there is sometimes that there is little parts of our life that we still keep in the tomb. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes there is things, whether it's within our control or without our control, sometimes there's parts of our life that still feels like it's in the tomb. <clears throat> sometimes those parts that are in the tomb are issues that we have with family members. Sometimes it's with relational issues, either with someone we are friends with, someone we work with, someone we're dating. Sometimes there is these things that are just keep holding us down. And I'll tell you what, these family issues, I'm going to tell you that just about everybody in here comes from a dysfunctional family at some point or another. And if you don't, I want to watch you very closely and see what you're doing that I'm not. Just about everybody comes from a dysfunctional family at some point or another. Everybody has come across problems, but I'm telling you what, these problems can't keep us buried down. They don't have to keep us buried down because the very resurrection that saves us is the very same resurrection that gives us the, the uh, example of coming out of that grave of these relational problems or issues that we may have in our lives, I'm telling you what, that's not where you belong. God's got a better plan for you than that. He's got a better plan for me than that. Everybody has problems, whether it's that, maybe it's money problems, maybe it's work-related problems or all different, a whole world has lots of problems, don't we? Somebody asked me a while ago, whenever everybody was coming in, they said, how's your week been? I said, about a 94, that's an A minus, and I will take it. Because at some point or another, we encounter problems, don't we? I'll tell you what, if people, sometimes, you know, people say things to keep, and, and the words that they speak are so 
powerful sometimes because people can speak words into your life that can either build you up or tear you down. People can speak words into your life that can either put you in that cave or they can lift you up and release you and encourage you. I'm gonna tell you what, God wants you to be encouraged. He does not want you living in that cave. He wants you to be resurrected from that. He wants you to be lifted up. He wants you to live a full life. That's not where you belong. Maybe it's sin problems. Some type of little sin that you keep. I'm just going to keep it tucked away in here because nobody knows because I present myself as a Christian and I know I'm going to go to heaven, but I'm going to keep this tucked away in there. I'm going to tell you what, your sins will find you out. You tell one lie, you got to tell five more to cover up the one. It goes exponentially. Don't live there in that cave. God's got a better plan for you. He wants you to be free. I'll tell you what, there is nothing more freeing than telling the truth or facing something, confrontational things. It's, you know, whenever you uh, address something that you're afraid to address or you have a difficult conversation, it's freeing when you can be honest with each other. Freedom, God does not want you stuck in that cave. He didn't stay there and he doesn't want that for you either. He wants you lifted up. Just as Jesus called Lazarus out of the grave, he wants us to be free also, to live a life of fullness in Christ. Our church will not stay stuck in a cave. God does not want us hibernating down. He wants us to be lifted up and he wants us to go out of there. He wants Orchardville Church to be resurrected up to be able to go out into all the world and preach the gospel. We don't belong there. Lots of problems come along, but I tell you what, Easter is such an exciting time because you know what I think about what goes through my mind whenever I see kids hunting Easter eggs? There's two things. One of them is, it's just like picking mushrooms. I get so excited when I pick mushrooms. The other thing that goes through my mind is when you see kids walking along and running and they're grabbing the eggs and throwing them in the basket, you see this, this look of joy on their face. I know that's gotta be a lot like the joy that God has whenever he sees people coming to Christ. Just squealing with delight. We're gonna see a lot of that here in a little bit. Whenever you see kids out there doing that, I want you to envision in your mind how God looks upon us whenever one of us comes to Christ. I want that to be embedded in our minds. Ephesians 3.19 says, may you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully, 
then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. God wants you and me to have a full, complete life in Christ. And we can't do it in the cave. You don't belong there. I don't belong there. And we don't belong there. That's not the plan that God has for our life. He has a resurrection plan for you. If the musicians would go ahead and come. If you would all bow your heads, please. I've been speaking a lot to people who are already Christians in here. But there may be some that have never had the opportunity to give their life to Christ. And so I'm not going to embarrass you or make you come up forward or anything like that. But what I want us all to do is to pray the sinner's prayer together. And if you have never asked Jesus into your heart, I want you to really pray this. And if, if, if God so puts that on your heart, that he pierces your heart and says, and is tugging at you, I want you to pray it and mean it, okay? Father, forgive me. I have sinned. God, I just need you in my life. Please come into my life. Lord, take control of me. Help me, Lord. Save me, Lord. I commit myself to you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Keep your eyes closed. <clears throat> if you prayed that prayer for the very first time, I want you to just slip your hand up real high, real quick. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Those of you that raised your hand, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, you now have that eternal life that Jesus is talking about in here. And I would ask, encourage you that after this service that you would tell somebody or come up to me and tell me and we do want to get your information because we want to be able to stay in contact with you after this because we want to encourage you. You're a part of the family of God now. There was about four or five people that had raised their hand for salvation today. I want to give them a big hand. Give God a big hand today. There's a card right in front of you. I want you to at least fill it out and put your name and phone number on there where I can give you a call or contact you. Would you do that for me? Turn it in at the information desk when we're done. If you all would please stand. As they pray, I wanna open this up to anybody else that would like to come up for any type of prayer that might be in their life at this time. Do you thirst for a drink from the well?
Yeah.